When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Very special episode today where we are going through the annual first round mock draft. Callum and I are breaking down our top 12 picks in order of where we would draft them. Let's go! Talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, like we said on the top, we've got a very special guest returning, uh, co-founder of the Ball Boys uh, Podcast, Callum Mack. Good to have you back on the show, mate. Uh, and uh, it's exciting to talk out uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year, actually, the top 12 rankings, our first round mock draft. It feels like fantasy's just around the corner now. Oh, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, and I 100% agree. Uh, the top 12 picks are pretty exciting. It's always good to get into it nice and early, see what's happening. Things can change. There could be some injuries. Maybe some people are talking about could be in some trade talk like uh, Damian Lillard. So yes. it's interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, yeah. There's obviously things that can still change. Um, and look, maybe sometimes we overthink the first round picks, but like, fuck it. Like, it's exciting. It's the start of your team. It's the foundation of your squad. So... You know, we're gonna, we're gonna dissect and go into lots and lots of details for all of these guys. And, uh, yeah, I think we, um, I reckon we just get stuck straight into it. You've, um, graciously given me the first pick in the draft here. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Very tough one. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I will specify last year this was a layup. This was the easiest pick in the world. I think, and I don't know if this is a hot opinion or a hot take this year, but this time, I actually think that there's two potential options that you could go for. I don't think that the first pick is the slam dunk that it was last year. With that being said, I'm still going to go number one with Nikola Jokic. There is a player that I feel like you could go number two or number one. I'm interested to see if you're going to take him at number two. But Nikola Jokic just was the number one player in fantasy last year. Um, He did it still with... uh, 
Jamal Murray coming back into the squad. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was healthy for a lot of the season. And uh, yeah, in, in crazy fashion, he increased his uh, assists as well. Nearly averaged the triple-double, the 1.3 steals, huge field goal percentage. Just uh, dominant across the board with the maybe exception of the uh, the threes there. Uh, but he is just, he's been the number one player in fantasy for the last, I think, three seasons now. He's still in his prime MVP, uh, finals MVP. So I think there's no argument that I would listen to that isn't him at least one or two this season. So do you share the same thoughts, Cal, that it's maybe a toss up a bit more than last year? Or do you still think that Jokic is pretty much far and away the number one pick? Um, I still think it's a, a layup, personally. I think you're a bit silly to go anyone else. Um, I, I personally thought it was still probably a three-horse race, yeah. as opposed to you said it was a two-horse race. So okay. um, well, interesting to see who's going to go get number two here. But uh, outside of that, as you said, he's, he's led the past three years. Maybe it was four. Um, he's been killing it every, every single time. So Nikola Jokic, he's a great person to build around too. He's, he's very st- steady in terms of games yeah. played. Yeah, he seems pretty durable, at least so far. So... He, he had a, even a low season last season, only played 69 games. But all of your top-round picks is actually a bit of a shame. Not many guys get even into the 70s um, in, in terms of games played anymore. But Nikola Jokic is one of the staple guys. I would lock him in for 70. He was one shot at 69. Yep. Uh, he, he obviously dominates in assists, rebounds. Um, the only real things that are negative is the threes and the turnovers. All these guys are bad in turnovers yeah. when it comes to your first-round picks. So. Usually a punt three build can work. You can go for the punt blocks and punt steals as well. So there's a few different avenues you can take with them. Yeah, you don't, you're not locked into one thing straight away. You've got obviously a few different plays you can go on the back end and um, sort of decide your, your punt build from there if you want to go that way. Um, yeah, look, I still think he's number one. I'm taking him number one. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's a hot take if there's you know <laughs> another guy that you could go, but... I do think that it is quite close, at least on the uh, projections and stuff that I've done so far. With that being said, I'll turn it over to you. You, you wanted the number two pick. Who are you taking here? Because I think a lot of people would say this is where the draft starts. Um, I think it's more at three, but who, who have you got here? I'm interested to see if it's the guy I'm thinking of. This is definitely where the draft starts. And look, I'm going to take number two, Shagulis Alexander, Ooh, SGA. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not the guy I was thinking of, but this is interesting because I think this will be a very popular name uh, come draft season, draft day. Dude, honestly, man, like I was versed in this guy. You'd see his stats during throughout the year. Like he's consistent, he's steady. We know that OKC aren't tanking this year, so he should be a lock. Um, he, he should play close to 70 or over 70 games, my opinion. Yeah. Over 31 points a game. Uh, he's got the five, five and a half on rebounds and assists. For a guard, the 1.6 steals is elite, and then the blocks as well is super elite for a guard. The field goal, the free throw percentage, he was the best contributor for free throw percentage last season. Yeah, he was. Shooting it over 90% on 11 attempts a game. And, and and with all that as well, his turnovers are pretty low. So it's just like he's such a solid guy in so many um, different kind of avenues. In terms of punts, um, it's probably – you could do the three punt again. You could also punt a rebound and go for a bit of a guard-heavy build. Um, but there's a few different avenues and he's just so solid. Like for a guard to get those kind of field goal free yeah. throws and, and, and the defensive stats is pretty rare. It's crazy. Like he had an absolutely outstanding season. He was quite close to the top, you know, those that top three were kind of ahead a fair bit last season. My thinking here with Shea though is I feel like last season was as good as it's going to get and I feel like there's nowhere for him to go but 
down from here. Um, and that, that might not be a bad thing. Like, going down from there is still an incredible, incredible player. Um, but he's gone from, you know, shooting, like you said, the number one guy in free throw percentage. The previous two seasons, he, or the last three seasons, he's been 80, 81, 81, 81%. And then all of a sudden, he goes and shoots 90.5%. So it's a 10-point percentage increase. Now, sure, he might be better at free throws, but... He's shooting 11 of them a game. Like he it's, is. It's, uh, he is. I know. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad free throw shooter, but maybe instead of 90%, he's shooting like 87, 86%. And you go from being the number one guy to being still a really good contributor. But in terms of like the cream of the crop here, it's enough for him to maybe slide down a bit. The other things is he's 1.6 steals. The year, previous year, he was 1.3 and 0.8, 1.1. So could he lose like 0.2 steals? Could he drop maybe... blocks, 0.8 blocks. Um, Like, there's just a few things there that I think, even if they just scale back the tiniest bit, you add like a Chet Holmgren into the situation as well. Maybe that steals some rebounds and blocks from him. It's just enough for me to kind of move him a little bit back. So I don't have him this high, but I do definitely do have him at the the front half of the first round because he's, like you said, he's incredible. Um, I actually, he's one of my favorite players to watch uh, at the moment as well. And this OKC team is very fun. But um, yeah, was he close? You said you had a, a three horse race. Was it close between this guy and the other guy? It, it was. I kind of you know tossed it in between this guy and then who I assume you're going to take at the number three spot. Was uh, that what was came into it? was durability a factor? It was. I was just about to say the health was <laughs> yeah. a factor. I think yeah. I think Shea should be like a lock now that we know they're not, they're not tanking. That was really the only concern with it the past couple of yeah. years. So they're going to be pushing for a playoff position or a play-in tournament position. So, you know, rightfully so, I think he should get up into the 70 kind of and, games played. And that led to him having like, you could get him for a bargain uh, for that reason because everyone was concerned about the tanking and, you know, him resting and things like that. I Hopefully, you know, that that is gone and people are no longer worried about that because obviously they made the play in tournament last year, didn't quite make the playoffs, but yeah, he is obviously their best player and uh, will be again this season. The the number three pick that I have here, which is the guy I alluded to earlier that I would consider taking number one if you wanted a specific type of player, and that is Joel Embiid, um, the reigning MVP he actually was just incredible last year. We saw some of the best stat lines we've ever seen last year. I think there was like a 57-point uh, game, seven blocks, 15 rebounds or something like that uh, at one point last year. Uh, Average the 1.7 blocks. Also an elite free throw percentage contributor coming from your center. That is extremely, extremely valuable. And it's that combination of scoring, uh, rebounds, blocks, and elite percentages that I think make him extremely unique. A lot of the times when you're trying to look for your blocks, you're looking at players like a Rudy Gobert or a Robert Williams or someone like a Walker Kessler, Triple J. J. These guys aren't putting up 30 a night, and they're also not doing it on great efficiency. They're poor in free throw percentage. They're giving you shit assists. So if you can get 1.7 blocks as well as all of those other stats, and when it's such a concentrated category. To me, that's a very unique way to start your team. Um, And you can go a number of different ways, like a Jokic, in terms of punts after that. So that's why I think there is an argument, whilst he might not necessarily rank one, I think just from the team building point of view, Joel Embiid is maybe a more interesting piece to start your team with, um, despite not getting the assists and the quite as elite field goal percentage as a Jokic. 
it's still something that I think um, is a viable way to go. Plus, James Harden is the obvious uh, elephant in the room here where rumors were he's going to get traded. I could see a, a move with him at some point in the season. Does that help Embiid score even more, get more playmaking opportunities, maybe as assists go from 4.2 to you know nearly five per game? Something to, to consider. Um, it, it could go the other way and affect his efficiency. I'm not too sure, but I think that there is at least a level of upside for him to take over Jokic as the number one player this season. What are your what are your thoughts? Is it is it just the injury concern for him and and sort of like the durability? Yeah, look, that that was one thing. He has been it's it's kind of a knock against him now, which probably shouldn't be there. Because the past three seasons or so, he, he has been pretty reliable. Yes. In, in that kind of section, especially when all of these guys, as I said before, aren't really playing in the 70 game margin anyway. Um, and look, he led the league in points over 10 rebounds a game. The field goal has come up quite nicely. It's about 55% now as well. He's doing a lot of, he's, he's just obviously become, I think obviously it's his peak. He, this yeah. is what he, he knows what he can do. He knows MVP, what he, he can get away yeah. with as well. The free throws, I didn't expect him to be averaging close to 12 free throw attempts a game, but that's what he's doing. He, he, he can draw the fouls really well. It's infuriating for the other team. Yeah, so there's so many is. positives there. Um, the only real punt strategy, like, I guess you could punt the assists, is a pretty clear one for him. Um, once again, the threes. So, so far, all these top three guys have been a potential punt threes guy. Yeah, punt threes. But again, I don't think you necessarily have to limit yourself to that. I, I think that all three of these guys so far... You, you don't have to lock into any punt build depending on what comes around, and, and that is sometimes a, the beauty of them. Um, they're, they're good in any build, and you can sort of let your rest of the draft dictate that that strategy discussion. And and some people who don't like to punt, obviously these guys are, are really good to go with as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, 66 games last year, 68 the games the year before. I think it is start to start... We should start to drop that narrative at least a little bit in terms of his injury proneness. Um, he's obviously a bigger guy. He's nearly 30, uh, but he is in the prime of his career. And, um, you know, they want that championship. He got his MVP, so maybe you could be a little worried about, like, the MVP, the post-MVP slump. But, again, you could say Jokic post-championship slump. So you can throw all these narratives around and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think, in my eyes, he's a clear number two the only thing, like you sort of pointed out, might be if you are extremely worried about the durability, that might slide him down your board. So I can see that argument, but for me, I'm happy to take that punt. For me, this is where it gets interesting. So I'll throw it back over to you. Number four pick, who are you going now? Because I think there is now a bit of a drop-off, at least in terms of um, extremely high ceiling with a lot of these guys. Yeah, I totally agree. To me, this is where the draft began. So, yeah. And it's pretty tough. I've decided to just go with a bit of a safe bet here. Because there's so many people I think could be hit or miss, but the games play that has actually affected me a fair bit. I, I just want to get a safe guy here. I'm taking Jason Tatum. Oh, okay, my boy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We've got a bit of Celtics flavor. Yeah, he is um he's one of those guys that perennially plays seventy plus games a year. Um has never and got that's this. Valuable, man. Best yeah. ability is availability, right? Like that's how it is. He's all he had seventy four games last year out of the first round picks of last season. I think it was the only guy to even crack into the seventies. I believe which so. Is yeah. pretty wild to to, to kind of admit the the only guy in terms of value that got high in the games played was your Demontis Sabonis's um, your Nick Claxton was up there with, with your games played. Your Nikola Vucevic, shout out for 82 games played for, for the big man there. Yeah. Um, but look, it, you just have to value that week by week. You want him available for the playoffs. Otherwise, 
you know, what's the point of playing fantasy to yeah. begin with? So it just gives you a bit of reliability. There's no real weakness to his game either, like a Luka Dontich who you could consider here. Um, he's just kind of solid all, all the way around. He's the number one option. Um, you know they're going to be winning. There's no way they're going to be resting him at all. Um, you, you could make an argument, you know, maybe he's getting into his prime, his field goal could go up. Everything, if anything, it should go up in terms of he should potentially get better. Um, Chris Ups Pazingas is getting there, so that's maybe one little angle you could say. Maybe some shots will be taken away yeah. from him. Um, shout out to Jalen Brown, who has the biggest contract in the league. Is he going to say, you know what? I'm the number one guy. <laughs> I'm getting Sorry. paid, so give me the ball. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I still don't think so. He's still the number no, one option. He's so. safe. He's just a safe number four, so I'm, I'm going conservative here. I think I think it is a conservative pick. I, I probably have him projected at like the eighth best scorer or the eighth best guy in fantasy, but I would bump him up my board further than that because of that durability ahead of some of those uh, maybe older guys. Um, so I, I can definitely see the argument. The, the, the one thing that just does make me nervous, and I know this is sometimes a bit of a fallacy, but because he's been so healthy... Like, I just feel like he's a one season closer to that season where he's not healthy. And I know that, like, doesn't actually, you know, science doesn't actually prove that to be correct. But, um, I don't know, maybe it's just a little bit of superstition of mine. But I think, yeah, like you said, he might just tick up a little bit in field goal percentage. I can see the assists rising with no Marcus Smart there. But maybe the usage, like, just takes a small hit back with Porzingis replacing a Marcus Smart. But you might offset that with the increased efficiency and assists. So I kind of see him doing the same thing he did last year, which was good for a first-round player. But again, on 74 games, look, it's it's pretty good. And like you said, you want your star player to be there for the playoffs. So I can't really argue too much about that. The next guy I'm going to go here is, um, he was one of the hype guys last year, and he actually almost surpassed a lot of people's expectations as high as they were. And I'm going to go with, oh, actually... No, I'm going to change my mind here. I was going to go... He's changing his mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've got two two guards here. Obviously put you off here. Yeah, I know. I wasn't expecting both of these guys to be available. Um, I'm going to go go with the the more of a layout pick here. I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Um, I'm going to to lean into that punt free throw build, although you don't necessarily have to. I often do like to, to punt the free throw percentage with a Luka, but... He's just a beast, man. When it comes to those like counting stats, points, rebounds, assists, huge threes, his field goal percentage and steals have actually improved dramatically as well. He actually also is no longer turning the ball over at crazy, crazy amounts. So if you ask someone that does care about that, it is no longer as big of a hit. He's equal to like a, a Jokic and Embiid and those kind of types. So it's no longer four and a half, it's three and a half, so in line with most of the other stars in the NBA. But like I said, nearly shooting 50% from the field and 1.4 steals um, last season, like that is a game changer for Luca. Um, now, maybe it's not responsible to project him to get a 1.4 steals again, but at least we know he's capable of it. So, um, yeah, I think Luca. I'm okay to punt the free throw percentage at this point, and uh, yeah, I think taking him at the first half of the first round is a pretty easy decision to make. So, so you're obviously buying some stock into this uh, Luca body transformation picks and vids. <laughs> yeah, let's go, man. He's, he's finally taking it serious. He's going to come in shredded. You know, it's uh yeah, 
we're, we're going. There's usually just the um, the off-season mixtapes, and then there's the uh, body transformations. Luca, he's yeah. got the best one so far. He actually just had a uh, World Cup um, friendly game uh, for the Slovenian team. Oh, and yes. He, he pulled out, man. He played about 30 minutes and still dropped his classic kind of like 30-point triple-double kind of stats. That's what he he's does. Good out there. He, he does look a bit smaller in okay. terms of he's not as, like, let's say, pudgy. He's looking kind of like his, um, you know, pre-draft eighteen-year-old self kind of videos, but the, the IQ's there. That's why I think the the Steelers is maybe actually sustainable. Yeah, I think, I think the IQ can be a big factor for that. I think one point four was great from last season. The only two stats really that that hurt you was the free throw percentage at seventy-four percent for that volume does suck, and the turnovers. Uh, I, I'd probably go for more of a soft punt on the on the free um, on the free throw percentage. Yeah. You don't have to go hard at it. Yeah, Week to week, he'll have a game where he's 12 from 12. And yeah. that, that week, you're great. And if that happens in the finals week, awesome. You don't want your other players to go like full tank on the free throw. You might find that that can carry you to a win. So that's my one bit of advice for, for Luka Dontich. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point as well. And um, especially if you are going that punt free throw build, um, you know, he, he gets you, you know, nearly three threes a game. And, and that's a unique kind of player for that build. So you might normally, you know, if you do a Giannis in, in seasons past, you, you automatic threes and free throws. Whereas Luca has that little bit of a difference maker where you can maybe start to pick up a few more threes as well and uh, be competitive in that category uh, on top of all of the other good stuff that he gives you. So I agree. Um, and he's just, he's an incredibly fun player to own and watch um, just because of how talented he is. I'm, I'm not, Super concerned about Kyrie. We saw him still do his thing next to Kyrie at the end of last season, but just for the entirety of the season, the circus that is Kyrie Irving makes me just like 5% concerned um, than if he wasn't there. Um, so, but in terms of dragging him down my board, doesn't, doesn't, drag him down too much. I still think he's going to be he's going to be him. The team is built around Luca and that is their cornerstone. So, I still think he's going to get his. All right. What pick are we up to now? Pick number 6, I believe. Throw it back to you. That's it. Number 6, um is somewhat of a safe bet again. Uh, I'm going to go Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak okay. for number 6. I think he's Reliable. He's got the games played. Um, the only reason I kind of preferred Tatum over him was just the more flexibility I had in later rounds. Giannis, obviously, I'm locking in a punt free throw. There's heaps of great players in the punt free throw build. Um, you're just obviously going all in here and really kind of locking that in. So, yeah, Giannis, I intend compo for the sixth pick in the draft. So you're taking the player who ranked 108th last season in uh, fantasy basketball at pick number, pick number six? I'm just kidding. Obviously, that's all. I mean, let's punt those free throws. (laughs) Yeah, which goes up too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, that's where uh, rankings can get you in a little bit of uh, an issue there. But obviously, you punt those free throws. Actually, last season goes right up to fifth in the NBA, which is down a little bit from what we've seen in the seasons past. The thing that was a concern last year that was a bit of a surprise was the steals and blocks came down a little bit. So. He was averaging 0.8 in both of those, where previously he was doing like 1.1, 1.2 in both, and that was enough to drop his value a little bit down. Um, he also has this kind of like ongoing knee issue, which does me give me a little bit of a concern. They've only really managed it from like giving him a rest day here and there. It's never meant that he's missed big chunks of time, um, but just something for me that the further along we get into his career, I'm starting to be a little bit more cautious of. But like you said, he is someone that when he's out there, just goes out and dominates. And um, he's pretty good for a mid to high 60s in games played most seasons. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, the, look, the turnovers do hurt as well. I'll point that out. The 3.9, I know all these guys do have high turnovers, but when you've got someone like, you know, Shea at 2.8, even even Luca dropped down quite not, uh, to about 3.6. The 3.9, that's right up there. That, that's one of the worst you can really have in the league. So that's something to also keep in mind. The turnovers, you could even just go for a full punt and not worry about that in the later rounds with the free throws. So that's yeah. also... Yeah, you could look into. Uh, I, I think you could. I think also I'd, I'd hope with Chris Middleton back into this team, he probably has to do a little bit less, and maybe they come back down to his low lower threes this season. Um, but again, we'll see. Chris Middleton, um, not the picture of health uh, the last few seasons, so we'll have to see how much he is there. All right, I'm going to go with the next pick here at pick number seven. I think this is where, again, another bit of a tier drop-off, at least in terms of confidence with a lot of these guys and a few question marks with some players later on in the first round. But I'm going to go with the guy that I was tossing up a bit earlier and then switched to Luca, and that is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I, lo- I love this guy, and I think there's arguments that I would take him higher than this, um, higher than some of the guys that have already been taken. I just love the assists, steals, the efficiency, the threes. Talk about if you care about turnovers, he uh, doesn't turn the ball over as much given how much he is giving you a boost in the assists. He doesn't score quite as much as some of these other guys, which is probably the knock on him, but I've got no dramas, punting points, um, or trying to get a big point scorer on the second round. They are still there uh, to sort of combat that. Um, Just, I think he probably is going to Lead the league in assists. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This season, um, and just a really efficient player, and I don't see anything that's happened to them in the offseason detracting from him. He's still extremely young, so I expect him to take another mini step forward in terms of offense um, and just growing his game. But, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty safe pick. And, again, another guy that you would expect is going to be pretty durable as well. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Halley there? Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, to me, I, I even considered him quite strongly for my number four pick. Yeah, just because I think of the reliability, um, like the assists is there. It's crazy. He was second in the league, just behind, I think, James Harden. But if he had a full season, I don't know if you, if you can take away the King stats at the start. Maybe he does. Oh, no, he was there the full season. Full season last year, yeah. So 10.4. I mean, James Harden was right there, but, you know, who knows where he ends up if he is traded. So um, I think it'll be between those two in terms of the league and assists. Um, The turnovers is elite for a first-round pick at 2.5. So that that assist-to-turnover ratio is crazy. It's amazing. You could could look in... It is. It is. The steals are elite as well, and I don't see that going down. I think that's reliable for him. Uh, he's a classic kind of punt points guy for a first round pick. He only puts up 20. Yeah. Um, look, he could add a bit on that, but I still don't see him really getting over 22 points a game. He's, he's a floor general. That's what he does. He gets the assists, the steals on the really effective kind of rates. 
Um, he doesn't help you a whole lot in free throw percentage, so you'd want to try and find that later in drafts of like yep. a Demar or someone else that can carry you in that in that area. Uh, so that's probably one little um, kind of you know. Yeah, potential. when a lot of these other guys are giving you that huge boost compared to them, yeah, it is. It's not quite that anchor that you might want in that category. So yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's just a bit of a tip if you do end up going with him, even if it's as high as number four. Um, but I, I don't see Tyrese going any later than probably number eight this draft. You picked him, I think that's number seven, wasn't it? So I don't see him dropping yeah. any, anywhere after eight. Yeah, for me, the top seven, maybe even the top six, I'm a little bit maybe lower on you, lower than you on Giannis um, this season. But I think that top six and seven is pretty stock standard, six and seven. And then after this, I feel like... There are a few more questions, so I'm, I'm glad we agree on that sort of uh, consensus top seven there. Um, and then I'm interested to see where you go here at, at number eight because there's a few players in there a little bit older, a few players that, you know, like you said, a few trade question marks on there. Um, so, yeah, who are you going here at this stage on August 10th at number eight? Number eight, Steph Curry. Get him on my team. He, look, he's, he's a guaranteed you, you love, bucket. You love some chef. Come on, Chef, how can you say no to Chef Curry yeah, at this point? Does. Number eight, he's, he hasn't dropped this far in years. And and I guarantee you this, he's 35, this is 35-year-old season. Uh, he's going to be balling out. He's still got two, at least two more good years than him. You look at someone like a comp, like Steve Nash, who is still putting up 16 and 12 assists in his 37-year-old season. Steph's just going to be just like that. The scoring, I still think, will be maintained around this, just for this season especially. I'd only be looking at a bit of a decline maybe in, you know, 2025. I, this guy is an all-time great. They're arguing him as, as like a top 10 player. He he will put up um, stats that's going to be justifiable at that number eight pick. Yeah, I think it's definitely worthwhile. The only hesitancy I have is the Chris Paul addition. Um, like, what what do you think that does for him in terms of maybe like taking some assists away from him um, or anything like that? Do you think that that's enough for you to hesitate in taking him ahead of, you know, let's put some names to it, like a Damian Lillard or a Kevin Durant or one of those kind of type players. Like, is that enough? Or do you still think that it's Steph Curry and he's going to do Steph Curry things? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it's still Steph Curry. He'll still be himself. Like, they're going to stagger those two a lot, I believe, as well. And they'll obviously close them out and play them together in the fourth quarter. But, look, Steph's still a scorer. He's still going to be around that six rebounds, which is good for a for yeah. guard and, and that kind of... They six, need a man. They're a short team. Half an assist. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, the other thing not, that shouldn't be lost here is they lost Jordan Poole, who was probably 2B, 2A with Clay Thompson in terms of their like secondary and third scorer. So you're getting in Chris Paul, who's not gonna def- definitely not going to replace that. So you could even see Steph Curry go back to averaging over 30 points per game. They're really going to lean on him, I think, when it comes to scoring and offense. Um, Clay is also getting a bit older, has got a few health concerns as well. So, um, Steph, I agree with you, is going to be playing still at an extremely high level. Um, whether or not the assist drop off is enough to sort of, you know, bring his value down whilst maybe the points and attempts rise a little bit. Little bit of question marks about his efficiency. Last year, he was 49%. Year before that, 44. Year before that, 48. Year before that, it was uh, 40, although that was only on the five games. So I probably do think he's going to be up at 48, 49%, like we sort of see in most years. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. All of these sort of older guys, um, how long can they keep doing it? Because, uh, yeah, I agree. I think he easily Steph Curry's top 10 player of all time. Um, 
probably yeah one of the funnest players to have in your in your fantasy team as he was for me uh, a couple of years ago. Very much enjoyed watching him. Yeah, look, I'll have to give him a shout out because I won last season on one of my fantasy teams with, with the Steph Curry pick. In, yeah. It was late first round, but look, I'm happy to take him there. And I, I got a chip. So we're, we're going to try it again. We're going to go back to back. That was a dynasty draft. So we'll see if he do, can do one of these ones. One of these ones. You got uh... that's, it, dude. that's it, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's, a, he's a very fun player to have on your team. Uh, I'm going to go with the next pick here. Another old guy. Uh, I'm probably looking at two players in particular here. One just has a little bit more question marks on him than the other. So I will go with Kevin Durant at this pick. I think, what are we at? Pick nine. Um, look, on a per-game basis, I could argue that he is probably a top five guy. Um, we have just seen the injuries mounting up a little bit here. We saw him still put up great numbers with Devin Booker in patches last season. They weren't. It wasn't a huge sample size um, that we saw. Plus, now you're adding in the Bradley Beal um, aspect to it as well. So... He's probably going to see a reduction in his overall usage, overall shot attempts. But I think just the fact that he's he contributes across the board, the blocks, the free throw percentage, the efficiency, um, you know, decent enough rebounds. I think that he's going to still do all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think we've seen him even when he was playing on like those Golden State Warriors teams, which had probably arguably better players than than this Phoenix team. Um, he was still able to put up top five, top three numbers. Now he's a little bit older than that, but. Kevin Durant's the kind of player that he's going to age extremely well, and I don't see a huge drop-off coming from him here. Major concern here is just more the fact that he's played 47, 55, 35 games in his last uh, several seasons. So he's healthy right now, but question marks a little bit more as they, um, you know, obviously he's getting a bit older. Is he the guy you would go on here, or would you have gone someone different? Yeah, he was he was next to my big board, and, and I'm kind of happy with how he landed, but... I- as you just pointed out, the game's played. I, I am worried, and rightfully yeah. so. 55 being the most he's played in a single season over the past three years. He's not getting any younger. And and this team, he I think he will have to actually do a sneaky ma- amount of work. Like, you got Bradley Beal and, and Booker, you know, going to be guns firing, as will Durant, but there's no one really else. So yeah. I think it's actually going to be quite interesting when we look at the attempts per game on this on this team because everyone else is such a role player. I see all these guys obviously averaging over 15 field goal attempts a game. Like yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree. Maybe Beals are closest to maybe that 15 points uh, attempts per game. But yeah, I think like you sort of said, there's no depth on this team. Like DeAndre Aiden, he's, you know, shy at the best of times. You put him next to three of these guys that love to throw the ball at the hoop. Um, I don't think he's going to command the ball or anything like that. Um yeah, I think I think he's I think he's just going to be in for another classic Kevin Durant season. Maybe instead of twenty nine points, he puts up twenty six. Um, but I think that's not enough for me to sort of ding him down. He was fifth last year per game um, drafting yeah, here. The, at, the blocks help him. Those one point four blocks yeah. really does climb. And and he's going to still have to be a rim protector. I think on this team, he'll be playing a lot of the four. Yep. So there's no reason for that to drop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think yeah, and he did that last year a lot with like Nick Claxton there. He, Claxton was a better rim protector than than Aiton is. So, um, yeah, I I don't see any reason to see why that should drop all that much. So I take him here, but I take him here nervously um, with my first round pick. Let's throw it back to you. Pick number 10 here. Getting close to the end of the first round. Who have you got? All right, pick number 10. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. Oh, no. Oh, God. Point guard, Damian Lillard. He's already on the heat. He's already on the heat. The trade's happened. I'm calling it now. It, it, it's it's inevitable. I think conversations are still happening. Yeah. Give me Dame Lillard. I, I still think 
He's he's still got a few good years, man. He's only what thirty two. He's Dame, in his prime Dame right now. He's recovered is, from his abs. Yeah. Um, his points per game last season were incredible. Like, I, I will note that team wasn't great. It was obviously completely built around him. But in that heat culture, like, Jim, Jimmy's a selfless guy. He's going to let Dame <laughs> You had to sneak score. the heat culture into this podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> he'll let Dame score. He'll let him cook. He'll, he'll average a similar... I still think he'll put up 30 points a game. His assist should be around seven. Um, his th- uh, three-pointers are up around that four per game. All, all of the things that make him elite... I see will be maintained, whether it is still with the Blazers or if he is traded, he he will have an awesome season. This is his comeback year. He was pissed off he didn't make um, the the All NBA because of games played last season. He wants to get out of the Blazers yeah. uh, just so he can get in some of those uh, scoring overall scoring lists. So you're assuming that you're you're taking if he's traded to the Miami Heat, let's just say let's say at the start of the season when you're doing your draft, you're still taking him this high, or does he? Fall a little yep. further back. Oh, still- oh, definitely. He's starting point guard. He'll get the shots. 100%. Yeah. I mean, look, he's before, like, you take out that injured season um, where he was ranked 48th, but the previous seasons he was ranked third, ninth, and this last season he was ranked seventh. So he's top 10 every single year that he's healthy. Um, now, that's been at Portland. I think there is a scenario that maybe he doesn't finish as a first rounder, but I think that at worst case, he's like, 13th, 14th, like it's not going to be a huge drop-off by any stretch. I think he will still be Damian Lillard. Um, I actually love his game. And when you consider the fact that you punt blocks, which is an easy thing to do for him, um, he's going to skyrocket into the sort of the top five, top four uh, per game value. And he's just, um, you know, the, the free throw percentage has been elite for his entire career. The threes are the next best thing outside of Steph Curry. The assists have grown. Um, you know, seven is is very, very good with that 32 points per game. I just worry that those two categories, the assists and points and threes, probably just scale back a little bit if he's playing next to a Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy's going to have his rest throughout the seasons and things like that. So, and obviously they're going to be, if they do trade to get him, they're going to give up a shit ton of things to get him. So they will be a very shallow team. So they'll probably need him and Jimmy to put up a lot of shots. So um, I think it's a slight hit if he's trade, but not nothing catastrophic. Um, that should see him drop, you know, into the twenties or anything like that. So uh, he was the guy that was probably next on my list as well. Um, I it will be interesting. I don't think he's guaranteed to go to the Miami Heat like you are. Maybe you're just <laughs> talking it into existence. <laughs> but um, I actually think there's a very real possibility that he's still in the Blazers come the start of the season. Do you think that could happen, or do you think a trade gets done the off season? Oh, it, look, anything's possible. Uh, I, I think he probably should still get traded by the deadline um, and, and to see what's out there. But I'm not going to be surprised, obviously, if he's with the Blazers. I, I think I think he'll be traded by the deadline, but I do think that like sort of like a Kevin Durant last year, um, yeah. you know, we were all expecting Kevin Durant to get traded before the season. He played a fair chunk of the season on the Nets. Eventually did get traded, um, but I think a similar kind of situation could happen with Damian Lillard, because the trades that they're getting from your heat uh, are trash. Like, they actually suck. And if I was the Bolton Trailblazers, I would not be accepting those trades. Uh, it's going to be a three or four um, team trade for, yeah. for it to go to Miami, yeah. I think. And that, they take a while to, to come around. I will say about Dame, one of the good upsides with him, he's kind of the opposite of Jokic, because Jokic is so solid everywhere. But the good thing about Dame is he's so elite in like kind of, I'll say perfect head to head guy. Yeah. You're, you're the points, the threes, the free throws, all those three are super elite and the assists are great as well. Yep. So there's actually heaps of avenues you can go in terms of a punt 
later on you can do the punt field goal yeah you can do the punt steal you can do a punt rebound go a guard heavy thing so there's actually a lot of uh, optionality of how the second and third rounds kind of end up with dame and you can kind of really pick a lane which is a uh, kind of fun in yeah. terms of on the, on the draft day. Yeah, for sure. It's um, Yeah, he's definitely concentrating those areas, which in a head-to-head team can be really, really good to build your team around. All right. Um, was that my pick? Yes, I think it was my pick. So I'll throw it. Oh, no, was that no, yours? No, no, that was my pick. Oh, okay. I, I think that was number 10. That was number 10. Yes, you're right. Correct. So, Neil, I think there's, again, another little drop-off in terms of um, you know players that I'm confident in taking. I've got a little, little tier here of about three players. Um a couple of younger guys, one injury-prone player here. I'm going to go with, I think, the guy who's highest on my board here. I think I'm going to go with Anthony Davis at this pick. Um, I don't love street it. Street Davis? Uh, street Clothes Davis, Data Davis. Um, <laughs> he's... Look, at stretches last year, actually, for big stretches of last year, he was the number one ranked player in fantasy basketball. You punt the free throws or you punt the threes or you punt both and he is probably still right up there with the top three player in the league. Um, Again, kind of like the Kevin Durant pick a little bit before. The durability is definitely the question mark. He's re-signed with the Lakers or signed an extension, I should say, for another couple of years. I don't know, fingers crossed. Hopefully that means that there's some confidence in his body. Um, Look... I have maybe some stupid optimism that he's going to get, you know, 60 to 65 games per uh, this next season. And uh, when you compare him to a lot of those other guys, it's it's not too far behind. So especially with a lot of the other guys playing fewer games, his missed games don't hurt you as much. Um, and again, just that combination of scoring, uh, the steals as well for him um, is really, really good for a center. The blocks, um, you know, the, the field goal percentage is all really, really nice. So... Um, he is my pick here just uh, for the uniqueness of his stats and the, the fingers crossed, hoping that he's going to stay healthy enough that his per-game value will carry me. Yeah, and it's worth actually shouting out his rebounds. It took a big jump oh, last yeah. season. He never Playing averaged center. over 10 rebounds a game with the Lakers. He got up to 9.9 the season before, but last season he was 12.5. And he was up there in the top five in that category. So that does help. Well, he finally started playing center and stopped worried about getting all these, you know, little bruises down the post and things like that. So <laughs> if he can play center again, which I expect he will, um, unless they do go ahead and sign Christian Wood or I don't know what they're going to do there. But um, I think that that should remain the same. Yeah. But the, look, the game's played. That, that's the big thing. That's the only yeah. reason he's down this far. On a per game basis, he, he's easily a top 10 guy. He shouldn't be an 11, but it's just the health. You look over the last four seasons, the most games he's played is 62 games. He's gone 56, 40, 36, both pretty bad, and then 62. Yeah. So th- th- that's why he is where he is. We, um, we, we, we did a little little peak, little valley. You know, it was 62, then it's 36, and then we came up 40, 56. So we're on, <laughs> we're on the way back up, Cal. We're, which projectile you're say, on? So say it with me. 60? Yeah, we're going back over 60 this season. Are you going to lock it in? Yeah, lock it in. Let's do that. Oh, I've got a button here, actually. Look at it. Guarantee. <laughs> Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously I'm being very sarcastic there. I can't guarantee anything for Anthony Davis's health, but I don't know, optimistic. All right, let's uh, let's round it out here, mate. Pick number 12. Tell me who you are finishing on the turn here with our final pick of the first round. Man, look, it's a tough pick, I'll be honest. I, I think those top 11 I was kind of okay with. Davis does slide into just outside the top 10. 
But there's a lot of guys here. So it depends what you want to value. You, you could go down a route and just kind of punt points and go a triple J. Um, you could just go for the volume guy and take a maybe a Donovan Mitchell. It, it, it's tough. There's a lot of options here. I think what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to go James Harden. I think he does slot in here. It's just the assist, like the league leader in, in assists. Um, he does actually have a bit of optionality with with the points per game. You could even punt points from the field goal. You could punt there. Um, he is still quite elite in the free throws as yep. well. And and then also the threes are, are pretty solid there at about three a game. So he does offer a lot and there's a lot of optionality. He does, I think the 58 games um, played last season was a bit low for him. Most of these guys, unfortunately, are around that anyway. Yeah. So... I, I can kind of lock him in for 60, I think, anyway. I don't see him, like, holding out for a trade. I think if he's going to stay in Philly, he's just going to be there and he's just going to, you know, work hard and get the job done. Uh, so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm kind of okay taking James Harden here. I, I think it's probably the best value pick for what you can build later. Um, but, yeah, a few shout-outs to those other guys. Um, other considerations, I mean, look, you're not going to take Kawhi here, sadly. You, you could think about Kyrie Irving, um, but that's always a bit of a gamble of him, too. I, I just think... From what's on the board, I, I'm pretty kind of content. I think's the word for it. Just taking James Harden. Yeah, I think I think the um, like second half of the first round, particularly towards that pick nine, ten, eleven, twelve, is really interesting because there's a lot of guys that I think you can throw into that mix, which makes the start of the second round very interesting as well. Like you said, um, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, perennially like second round guys that you know, per game of first round players, uh, but just because of their availability always slide and, and rightfully so. Um, but then you've also guys got like um, Lamelo Ball, who was a first round pick last year and obviously did his ankle three times in the season and never quite lived up to that. Um, but I still think he's going to be uh, there and thereabouts. You've got Trey Young, who ranking wise, again, is kind of like that Damian Lillard where he's very concentrated in a few different areas. And, um, you know, when you, when you punt those certain categories, he, shoots up the rankings. Um, so in terms of a head-to-head league, he, he's definitely someone you consider, you know, maybe in that back end of the first round as well. You mentioned Triple J, Donovan Mitchell, um, and even your boy, Jimmy Butler, who was a, a first rounder, I believe, per game last year. There's a lot of guys there that, like, are in, like, a similar kind of grouping um, that depending on what you're looking for, I, I think they're all kind of justifiable picks because you're kind of pairing a couple of them together. Um, so you probably kind of have to go one of them as a risky option and then one of them as a safe option because there just seems to be so many risky options at that point that you kind of can't pass on that upside. Um, but yeah, it's it's about sort of mitigating that risk and, you know, balancing with the upside at that sort of turn in the, in the first round. But yeah, very interesting point of the draft there. If you, if you did, just because we can do this, um, you took... Uh, James Harden at pick 12. Who would you pair with him on the uh, turn at 13? Well, who would I turn? Look, I, I'd say, look, next to my big board was actually Jimmy Butler. Would I pair them together? Uh, I guess you maybe could. I think James Harden, the best thing to pair with him, maybe you just do the lock in the punt field goal um, kind of thing. So if you're going to do that, I mean... What about the punt points and go with a Jaron Jackson Jr.? And you got your, true, your blocks, your really assists, well. your free throw percentage, your steals. Yep. Um, you could even nice. the Demontis Sabonis is a pretty good kind of punt points guy as well, getting all filling up everything else. Yeah, yeah, you've got a few different options there. I think um, 
Yeah, like I said, very, very interesting. I um, And obviously, the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing, you don't have any Jar Morant for the first 25 games. Now, obviously, he will come back. But, uh, yeah, just interesting one to have a look at there. Is there anyone else that we haven't mentioned in the in the podcast today that you think is like a sneaky shout for first-round value this year, if maybe stars align or anything like that? Maybe not something you draft there, but you wouldn't be surprised if uh, they end up a first-rounder this year, like a Shea of last year. Um, look, I'll say with, with the whole injury concern of Kawhi, look, maybe Paul George goes into his old kind of late first round va- value. Right, right now he's around maybe the 20 mark or the late teens. He, he could jump up there. If, if Kawhi just decides he's not going to play half the season, he could get some a good value pick there for the first half. Yeah. I, um, I've recently uh, done a sort of a, a post over with the Fantasy Basketball International guys, and I had a few options there. My favorite and most realistic option, I think, that could elevate to this spot is... And Anthony Edwards, if um, all things come together, he's just got he's got the counting stats. He just needs the efficiency, you know, going from forty nine. If he can get that, sorry, forty five. If he can get that closer to fifty percent, the free throw percentage closer to eighty, um, and just clean up the turnovers a little bit, that can very quickly turn into a first round uh, player. And he has the talent. He's still he's still only twenty two years old, um, so definitely still getting better every season. Um, so I think. He definitely has the upside and ability to get into that first round. I wouldn't obviously pick him there, but um, wouldn't shock me if he's there come the end of the season. All right. Uh, That might do it for us today, guys. Let us know down in the comments below on YouTube what you would be doing in the first round. Obviously, things are going to change. We've got plenty of time to, you know, talk about this and hypothesize all sorts of things about fantasy basketball. But this is uh, a good time for us to start to get hyped, start to get excited for fantasy basketball drafts that are coming around soon. Uh, Ballboysnba.com is actually coming back very soon. Hopefully, probably, uh, I don't want to overpromise, but hopefully the start of uh, early September, we should have the season guide coming with some projections this year, uh, which I'm very excited to show all of you guys as well. Um, But stay tuned for that. Thank you, Cal, for jumping on the show, man. It's always good to chat fantasy hoops with you. Oh, thank you. Look, we did a good job, I think. I think so. I think for for August 10, Yahoo's not even open yet. We've done a good job to to set the table and uh, get everyone at least excited for a bit of fantasy hoops. So make sure you guys check us out. Subscribe to the channel. Give this video a big thumbs up. Follow me on Twitter. And until next time, guys, we will catch you later. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.